encourage you to find your uh, assigned seat. You know, look for your tags uh, on the pews. Uh, you find your tag okay? Some, yeah? <laughs> Those of you watching online, I'm just, I'm just kidding. There's, there's no seating assignment here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what's actually kind of funny? A few churches I've been at in the past, um, whether you donated different things, um, there were kind of seats of um, appreciation uh, that people normally didn't want to sit in either. You know, as the years went on in church life, did you know, Scott, that at one point in time, the front row was the coveted place to be? Did you know that, Jim? In church, people would come early to sit in the front. And now, as culture has shifted, it's, you know, well, if you look at the clock, sometimes it gets close to 2.30, you think, well, worship team, it might just be us today. And then you see people coming in. So it's a, it's a cool way, no knocks on anybody. It's just kind of an interesting thing to see how things shift. And call me crazy, it's not just because I'm a pastor, but like you, I like to read the word of God, and whenever there's another person sharing, I actually like the front row. I don't know why. But when I go to the movies, I like to sit in the back. What is that about? I have no idea. Take it however you would like to, but wherever you're sitting today is great and fine by me. Um, I, it's glad to, I'm glad to see all the smiling faces, you know, and this is, a, this is a good thing. It's a beautiful day. Can you believe it's the end of October? I can't believe it's the end of October. You know, in our young church life, um, with all the administrative pieces and such things I haven't quite been involved with before, we're nearing the end of a season. And there's a lot of things you have to work on and get ready for the end of the year. And so um, I'm actually really looking forward to February. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, um, so glad you're here. Um, those of you tuning online, if you have any prayer requests today, please make sure, just as you are here as well, to let us know what those uh, prayers are. Uh, we, during worship, we're sharing that there are those who have asked for prayer, for healing and touch of the Lord in their body. Um, and so some very serious, um, others more so just, you know, common sickness and such. And so if you know who those people are, um, just to lift them up, continue to lift them up in prayer and belief that God still moves and he's gonna work through it all purposefully. We just sometimes don't understand why some things don't happen in an instant, but it doesn't mean God's not working. Uh, so I'm going to invite you to turn to Matthew 8. We're going to do something kind of fun today. Um, I apologize to Claudia in advance. This is what you call from the hip preaching, shooting from the hip. And what I mean by that is um, I had two messages prepared for today and praying and kind of chewing over which one is for the congregation for today. Um, and I know what is to be shared, and so we're looking, um, surprisingly enough, we're going through to Matthew 8. Uh, we were going to be looking at 2 Corinthians today, um, but I'm going to be obedient to prompting on the heart and just to put that on hold and continue in Matthew 8. So we finish going through, a man is cleansed. Did that kind of help you relate in life of how the Lord moves and the ways and how we, we need him and how his warmth, he's, he's always present. He's purposeful. And those words, I'm willing, be made clean, the very words that Jesus spoke to the leper has really resonated with me so tremendously because, again, in real time, when you go through scripture, you interact with people 
on a daily basis, just like yourself. And if you're in the word and you're praying and asking the Lord to lead you in situations, it's always timely. It's always fresh. You can always say, well, you know what? I was just reading about that the other day in my devotional time. And you know what? This is, this is what I believe for you. And here we are today in Matthew 8, verse 5, about a centurion. So in verse 5, um, Matthew, oh, sorry, Matthew 8, verse 5, when he entered Capernaum, this is Jesus, a centurion came to him pleading with him, Lord, my servant is laying at home paralyzed in terrible agony. He said to him, am I to come and heal him? Lord, the centurion replied, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, having soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. Hearing this, Jesus was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great a faith. I tell you that many will come from the east and west to share the banquet with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus told the centurion, go, as you have believed, let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that very moment. Go. And as you have believed, let it be done for you. And at that very moment, his, heal, his servant was healed. You know, when you look at this part of scripture, it seems so straightforward. It stirs you. It moves you to believe. And yet, this stinking thinking at times comes into play and you start to second guess times you start to doubt what is possible. You know, here we see a centurion. He would have been one of, uh, a man of prestige, of man of wealth. In, a, in an army of a legion of 6,000 soldiers, there would be a cohort of 60 centurions, and each of those centurions would have 100 soldiers under their command. So when he says, I know what it is to say go, and they go, this man understood authority. He recognized authority, hierarchy within the army. And so for him, as he sees Jesus and hears what he's up to, remember, he's came down from the mountain. He's made this declaration like a general of heaven, declaring the battle plan. The good news is being proclaimed for all who will receive him, and things are happening. He's seeing Jesus spoken the word. He said to a, 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 a man, a leper, I'm willing to be made clean. Perhaps this word reached him. And so that centurion, we can see, it says that his servant is in terrible agony at home. Now as a man of this position, he, again, as I said, he would have tremendous wealth. So he would have doctors coming and going, the latest you know, medical trends and ways to treat this person, but it's not working. 
We assume that it's not working and that's why he's coming to Jesus. He's exhausted all options. He's exhausted every provision except for that of the Lord. You have to appreciate how he says in verse eight, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Here, this, this man is used to people taking his orders. He's used to people doing what he would say, but he's realizing in this moment that he's not worthy to come in the presence of the one in whom all of heaven is leaning on his every word. Angels attend to him. And yet this centurion is saying to him, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. But if you just say the word, how many of you go through a situation and have faith like this? You know, just recently and and, and praying for different people, I have to admit, it's easy for doubt to seep in. Especially when you look at the situation, you look what's before you and you think, this, this is a big obstacle. Sometimes I appreciate people who can't see. Not saying I wish that I was blind, but you think a person who's blind isn't focused on what they can see, but they're focused on what they can hear. And as going through this passage, even this moment here, is that when we listen to the voice of the Lord, like he says, I'm willing to be clean. When he says to the man, am I to come and heal him? The man's listening. He's hearing prompts. Are we listening for the prompting voice of the Lord to say, I am willing? The other day I was with a young man and praying and it didn't look too good. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm talking to a few um, medical professionals and, and they're sharing all the information that, you know, as a reverend, that I'm, whatever I'm allowed to, you know, be in the know about and what can we pray for is what I always say when I go in a situation, okay, you know, doc, what, what do we need to pray for? What, what's outstanding here? It's kind of a humorous way to look at it, okay? You know, what's, what's on the checklist? What has, where has the breakthrough occurred? What are the areas that we're waiting for? And I appreciate candor. I appreciate when people are honest and say, well, look, it, and, you know, lays it out for me that, look, this is what's happening, and this is what we need to see. This is kind of progress we need to see. You know, he's not, they're not out of the woods yet. And here this centurion to me is speaking to me today. If you would just believe and step out, throw out Genesis everything that you've become accustomed to, the place of you know, prestige or maybe even your own vanity, and to humble yourself enough to come before him who has the authority, imagine what can happen. And so even in this place, this church house, when they're coming near the end of a season, you look at some of the obstacles, you look at some of the things and say, wow, it's amazing how far we've come. It's amazing the work the Lord's been doing. The doors have been opened. Lives that have been touched. Ministry that's been going forth. And yet doubt starts to see them because there's all these checks and balances and things of administration you have to do. And you think, okay, we have some hurdles. But just imagine what God can do when you lay everything aside and you come to him like we sing today, Lord, I need you. So here the centurion comes and essentially says, Lord, I need you to come because you're the only hope for my servant. Right. 
Hollywood can't even compare. You know, can't even compare. Hollywood tried, you know, even with Star Wars. You know, Princess Leia says, Obi-Wan, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. It moves you, right? But nothing like this story. Think about it, in the legion of 6,000 men under your command. They've done amazing things. They've toppled governments, if you will. They've toppled castles, barricades, and yet all of that is nothing in this situation. Say the word and my servant will be healed. And so in verse 10, Jesus says, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great a faith. And he goes on to say that many will be coming, many will start to enter. Do you realize that this is the beginning of the first fruits of the Gentiles coming into the faith? It's not just about the house of Israel anymore. Jesus was so compassionate, cared so deeply for his own kingship. When he sent out his 12 followers, he told them, do not go the way of the Gentiles or those in Samaria. Go first to the household of Israel. But this was the beginning moment in time to show this promise of the gospel. The good news is for everyone. And so you think about it here that God can do the impossible when we humble ourselves and submit and recognize his authority, but that authority is for everyone. It's not for a a select elite. At the end of the day, what this speaks to me here is that when we check ourselves at the door, no matter the color of your skin, no matter what kind of vehicle you drove in, that we all are, you know, equal before the Lord. All it takes is faith. It's the great equalizer. Think about it. When we breathe our last breath, the only thing that matters is will there be faith found in our heart? We've said it many times. I appreciate the quote, fire for effect. You never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. Can't take anything with you. Jesus told the centurion, go. As you have believed, let it be done for you. And his servant was healed at that very moment. This is something that I so deeply long to be witness to more than a scribe of saying, hey, bro, how cool is this that, that Jesus did that? He spoke to the centurion. But I've seen him in my young life and serve, not just services, there's something special about gathering in this place, but even on the streets when you pray for people, I know it's really awkward. People stare. I, I shared before with you about the Canadian tire story. Throw out the doubts and just be obedient and let God use you and speak through. I remember one time I was in a parking lot in El- Elmer. I don't even remember what the grocery store was called, but I'm, I remember I'm there and I'm, I'm getting out of my car and there's this young man pushing carts. And I'm kind of staring at, staring at him, and you might think, well, that's, that's kind of odd. We'll let him finish the rest of the story. <laughs> and so I'm looking at him because I feel like there's like a ticker tape, like a word of knowledge that I'm seeing about this young man. His name was Tyler. And the Lord showed me that this young man had a problem with his right knee. 
Now, what was interesting that a week prior, I was at a conference about believing and recognizing the authority of Jesus and the power in his name. And if you would just jettison all those obstacles, imagine what we can do through an obedient heart. Willing even to humble yourself and be like David said, that I'm going to be more undignified than this. And he danced naked in the streets before his Lord. He didn't care who, would, who saw him. And so he showed me this. And so I went up to this young man and I thought, well, he looks like a pretty cool dude. We're in the middle of a public parking lot. He's going to think I'm crazy or worse. So I go up to him, you know, kind of feel like Paul saying, I, you know, I didn't come with, to you with wise and persuasive words. I'm kind of jittery. Not like, hey, Tyler, is your name Tyler? Nothing like that, but just honest and said, hey. I introduced myself and said, listen, just laid it out. This might sound weird, but um, I'm a Christian. And sometimes even just saying that from the beginning is just like, oh, great, right? I'm a Christian and... And listen, I've, I believe that Jesus uh, spoke to me and was sharing that you have a problem with your right knee. And he looked at me like he had seen a ghost, like Brandon Tanev in the NHL, right? And I, I, I pointed out which knee. And he just starts to cry. He goes, yeah. He goes, I, I said, well, tell me, what's, what's going on? He says, well, I, you know, I have ambitions to be a professional hockey player, and uh, I had a really bad injury this past season. I've gone through rehab, and I'm hoping I don't need surgery. And, but, you, you know, and he, he starts sharing his story. And, of course, my heart breaks even more for him because I love hockey too. And I play. I don't, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm nowhere near as good as him if he's at that level. And, and so he breaks down. And we're, again, remember, we're in a public space in a parking lot. And he's on the clock. He's working. And he's crying. And I said, look, um, I'd like to pray for you if that's okay. And then, again, I, I disclaimed. I said, this might be weird too, but I'm going to lay my hands on your knee. Then I explained why I went through the scripture. But it wasn't a big dress up. It was just simply, let's pray together and believe that this will be the beginning of a new story. That Jesus loves you. He's going to heal you. And you will play again. But make sure you give him the glory. And so we start to pray, and then he says he feels this warm heat. And whenever someone says to me they're feeling a tremendous heat in their body, for me, I'm not saying there's a, a, a specific way that God heals and moves, but to me, I've just discerned over the years is an indicator that God is moving. And he says, oh my goodness. And I said, well, start bending the thing. So he starts bending it, and he's like, I'm going to do a squat. So he does a squat. I said, could you not do that before, Tyler? Like, it's not about me. This is cool. He goes, no. And he starts doing squats. And then we're like, praise the Lord. So then other people are there with him, and they want to be prayed for. <laughs> it's not like Chris Angel, I think his name in Las Vegas, where they're, you know, they're doing things, and it's illusion and stuff. This is the real deal. And this young man, Tyler, said to me, he said, you know, I'm, I don't really pray, I don't go to church, but I've been speaking out into the universe, is what he said. And I said, well, Jesus heard your cry. He heard your call. I wasn't planning on sharing that story today, because like I said, I'm preaching from the hip. This is something that came to mind in, in, in hearing the Holy Spirit speak to my heart as we go through this passage. 
And think again, this centurion, he comes to Jesus, lays it all out, and he says to him, go, your servant, what you believe will be done for you. And his servant was healed that very moment. Who's here today that has a need in their life? What doubt has seeped into your thought life that has made you think that's not possible? Just think about those things for a moment. Allow these seeds of faith to seep into your hearts and stir faith to believe that anything's possible. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the very word of the Lord. Without revelation from him, the people perish. Look, you could be like the centurion, put all your trust in things and ways of men and the things and fleshly things of the world and all is prestige. But at the end of the day, it's only Jesus who can save you. It's truly only Jesus who can heal you. There's ways we've been able to prolong and extend things to an extent. But on the day of the Lord, none of that's going to matter. Except our faith in him. What are those things? You know, I'm so thankful to see, you know, Wah, good to see you back. It's been a while and see a little Rosie there and, you know, I don't know all, all the details. I don't quite ex- honestly understand them all. <laughs> um, but it's so wonderful that she's, she's well. She's well. The prayer of faith, no matter what happens in the medical realm, God can always make a way. I'm going to invite the worship team to come. As the worship team comes, we're going to take time to pray for each other whatever your needs may be today. And here the centurion is showing us, again, doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter the money that's in your bank account, the title that you hold, not even the matter of number of people that are behind you. Don't get me wrong, the prayer of faith avails much, where two or three are gathered, there I am in your midst. All that is important. But at the end of the day, it's the things of this world that will not bring those outcomes that we're looking for. And so as in a way of, you know, humility, in a way of obedience like this, and turn, I'm going to invite us to just come before the Lord and believe whatever those needs are that he's going to minister to you today. And I get there's other stories in scripture, uh, you know, other examples where people had ailments or illnesses or or issues in their life that existed for a number of years before Jesus Christ came on the scene. But for here and today, the Bible says that by his stripes, we are healed. Let's leave the results to God. Maybe there's something, maybe you, there's a provision that you need. You've been waiting and you've been waiting. Let's believe that today's the day. You know, for me as a leader of this house, churches, do you know that this year alone, there's a record number of churches that closed? We need to bond together to not only come to him for the needs we have in our life, but for our communities, for us to be used by him to speak words of life and truth so that many more people will come to faith, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Imagine if we step out in boldness, as awkward as it may be, what our communities could look like. 
Even as awkward as you can imagine, I'm driving down the road in my car and there's, you know, Barb and Jim praying with someone and, and someone's being healed. And you're like, wow, praise God. There's no camera crews or any of those kind of things, but word gets around. Like with the centurion, words get around. And what led to all of this, this faith in action, more healings happen in Capernaum and beyond in Jesus' day. And he says to us, as he said to his followers, ask anything in my name and I will do it to the glory of the Father. And all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go into the world and make disciples. Teach them everything I've taught you. You have the authority because Christ lives within you. His Holy Spirit is upon you. You have the promised seal of his authority in your life. Will you receive that today? Will you step out in that today? And I'm joining with you as my hands are raised, as the worship team plays, as they feel led. Lord Jesus, living and active. Thank you, Lord, that when we humble ourselves before your majesty, when we humble ourselves in your, your presence with yet bold faith to believe that all your promises are yes and amen. Bind us together today in faith to put out the words of doubt, to demolish those strongholds and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of you. And bind us together, we will walk in faith. We will walk in faith in the streets. We will walk in our, in our family units and dynamics. That our first answer to situation would be, let's pray in belief that God will move rather than, uh-oh. So Lord, as we sing, would your manifest presence come and refill us, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit to boldly do as we pray here today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. As the worship team plays, I want to invite you if you want, if you want prayer to come forward or slip up your hand. Otherwise, worship team, go ahead and lead us. We're believing that we're meeting with the angels in heaven. We're testifying to the goodness of God. Thank you, Lord.
Jesus.